Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. State of the art, Japanese animation. Welcome to the Otaku Host Club podcast. It's Yagoro, Amelia, and I'm joined here with Dan and Jeffrey. Hey guys, how are you? How are you doing? It feels like it's been forever. Ages. I am currently dead because I have coronavirus. Oh my god. No. One of us finally got the COVID. Yeah, it was my dumbass. <coughs> I'm Corona stranded in Atlanta, Georgia, following our my little Thanksgiving trip to visit my friends out here. So I've been stuck in this little guest bedroom for about a week. And I got one more week of uh, prison-style quarantine before I can get back on, uh, get back on a plane. I do not home. know how you're doing it. Well, yeah, I, so I, I am fortunate, A, I'm fortunate that my friends are so lovely and, you know, feed me and talk to me through the door from time to time um, and did not just kick me out of the house. They both, they both tested negative, which I'm extremely thankful for. And um, our other friends that were down here, uh, Francis and Adam also tested negative and um, got fingers crossed that that means Matt and Kiri will also test negative and that everybody will just test negative except me. Um, yeah. And I'm fortunate that I brought both my personal computer and my work computer. So I'm, able to do the bare minimum of my daily life while I'm out here stuck in this room. Oof. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it hasn't, you know, I hate to say it, but now that I have had the coronavirus, I certainly understand how people feel like it's all a hoax and this stuff doesn't matter because the limit of my Corona experience has been that I cough sometimes. Um, so it really hasn't been particularly bad. But that is, you know, fortunately, I am not some fucking stupid asshole. So I really am quarantined in this room mm -hmm. for a solid two weeks mm -hmm. and having no interaction with people. And and uh, hopefully, yeah, Athena and Marcus will continue to test negative throughout all this. Mm -hmm. It's like you're a prisoner. You're a prisoner uh, the, in this house. Rona. Prisoner of the Rona. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a prisoner of the Rona, but you know that's okay. It's kind of an interesting experience. And you know, you ever read about that stuff where it's like NASA wants to pay you two hundred thousand dollars to just sit in a bed for three months? You know, <laughs> I feel like it's it's kind of like that. You know, it's like an interesting experience of my life, uh, and certainly it's way better that <coughs> the limit of my Corona is that cough right there, as opposed to you know I'm like not dying or anything. Yeah. Thankful you're not dying, Dan. Yeah, you're usually in a good health, right? And you don't have any major. Yeah, I I don't I, I don't really get sick normally, so I'm, I'm yeah I'm I'm, a, I'm pretty embarrassed that I got Corona. More than anything else, I feel embarrassed and a little bit ashamed. 
but I kind of understand that like, you know, there's no, there's no way, you know, you could have known that like it's a global pandemic. Everybody gets this stuff. It's hard to judge, you know, like uh, what exactly gave it to, you You know, just because I, you know, saw an attractive woman spitting into a trash can at the airport and I did the golden boy jump to catch her spit in my (laughs) mouth. You know, that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to get coronavirus, you know, Like just be, just because I really like shiny doorknobs, so I give it the old spit shine and lick all the doorknobs <laughs> I encounter. Yeah. You know, like there's no way that you could predict that I would get coronavirus from something like that. Um, but no, I I really did take the precautions that I was comfortable with, and I, I uh, yeah yeah it happens. I'm not as long as everyone else keeps testing negative around me, then I'm not really particularly torn up about it or anything. Oh, and there are other, we had two other negative tests from um, Amy, and, Amy and her boyfriend who we were hanging out with relatively recently. They both tested negative as well. So it does seem like I've managed to not pass this along to anyone around me. That's good. Yeah. Well, things are only going to get worse from here. Uh, there's news of vaccines that might possibly come out as early as next week, I believe. Wow. Um, but of course they're only going to go to not for us. Yeah. Not for the general public right away. Mm-hmm. Healthcare workers, people, uh, elderly, you know, people who need mm-hmm. it most, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is good, but we are not out of the woods yet. But man, uh, I hope we see the end of the woods soon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm ready to return to a more normal kind of daily life. You know, on the one hand, yeah, I can stay in this room rewatching Attack on Titan over and over and over again <laughs> for a reasonably long time, but on the other hand, I'm I'm like extremely anxious that my car has been left to the tow truck devils. And, <gasps> You know, my poor car, how's it going to survive? You know, oh, and I have a, a new release getting delivered to my apartment. Like, I thought it was coming on Tuesday, but I just got an email saying it's coming tomorrow. So I need some, you know, I need one of my bandmates to go to my apartment and pick up 300 exacerbation on 10 inches that are going to get left on my front porch. Um, oh. So, yeah, like, really wish I could be home to, to deal with these things, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been, um, it's crazy. It's been almost a year now. This is episode 21 and it's almost been a full year since we started this podcast back in March. Oh, well, we've been doing good. This has been a a fucking great experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been really, uh, opening to see the, the creative process and, and, you know, you two have, have both done so well in, in, you know, growing as artistes, you know, our podcast continues to get better, better editing, better sound effects, more, uh, you know, better construction. And, uh, yeah, I continue to just show up every week and talk. So thanks for <laughs> doing all. I feel like I don't pull my own weight, but slowly I try. I'm on the Discord now. I talk on the Discord. He talks on the I haven't, Discord, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I heard your Discord. heartfelt plea, Amelia, and I, I <laughs> became more involved with the Discord. <laughs> They just, people just want to talk to you, Dan. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, and last episode we did our 
karaoke or not karaoke yes, trivia. We did karaoke. <laughs> yeah, we did her music trivia. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was like karaoke in a way. Yeah, for some of us. Uh, so go check that out. We did that with Matt and Brad of Otaku Melancholy. Love those boys. Good friends of ours. The best which of boys. Dan got to meet Matt for the first time. Oh, um, I yeah. did. You it guys are so cute. Yeah. Oh, it was a really good time. I had a great, uh, yeah, we had a great dinner out together and hanging out for a bit, hitting the Asian grocery store, stocking up on snacks and pastries from the Vietnamese pastry shop. And yeah, it was just really lovely to spend some quality time together and have a, a little window into the, the person behind the voice. And, uh, yeah. What's I'll look forward like? to. Hmm. Uh, like delicious Alabama wholesomeness. Oh, cool. Just he's tall. Out. He's a tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> he said you were tall. Uh, you I'm tall as well. You know, as real recognized as real. He's also tall. <laughs> How tall are you, Dan? I'm six foot two. I'm five, five. <laughs> a little shorty That's over here. a good here. height to be. Yeah. <laughs> that little shorty over there. <laughs> I don't yeah, feel like so. you're that tall, though, Dan. Like, I don't feel like I like look up to you. Though. <coughs> Maybe I do. Oh well, we're going to have to change that. Let me let me correct my posture. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me get down in my chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt's got a pretty deep voice, so I I would hope he was tall. It'd be funny, you know. It'd be funny if he was like five four, five two, or something like that. <laughs> He's got a pretty deep. Yeah, he's got he's got a very soothing deep voice, mm-hmm. and it, it, Amelia was asking me if his voice is that deep in real life. And, <laughs> Don't expose and, yeah, me. Yeah, totally, it Don't is. Don't expose me, Dan. <laughs> well, Those are secret messages. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I confess. I was like, I asked Dan if your voice is that deep in real life. I don't know what Craig does for editing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's a very. It's a you know. It's soothing. Add some filters over that. We can all talk like that. Ooh, yeah, filter my voice right now. Hey, baby. <laughs> what, how are you doing? Uh, all right. We so. ready to get into it? All right, so you know what we're here for. We're here for Attack on Titan. And uh, if if you've been on our podcast before, if you listened, uh, you know that we just spoil the shit out of everything. We, <laughs> no warning. <laughs> so if you have not seen Attack on Titan, this probably isn't the episode for you. But if you have, we're basically just going to recap everything up until season three. Get you ready for season four, which is uh, premiering in roughly one hour at the time of this recording so um yeah and i think we're gonna attempt to do weekly attack on titan Mm -hmm. episodes for Mm -hmm. season four so if you are looking for more otaku host club content you know i hope you have watched attack on titan (laughs) because that's all it's gonna be about yeah so attack on titan is my favorite scat torture porn (laughs) Okay, well, coming in hot <laughs> with that, 
<laughs> I thought it was a zombie mech show. That's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm continually amazed by the author's ability to throw in these completely like. He does a lot of like kind of off off topic humor, or not exactly off topic humor, but just inserting humor in ways that make me that feel very forced. They're still kind of funny, but I never think of Attack on Titan as being a funny kind of franchise, mm-hmm. despite the fact that ha- you know a reasonable amount of screen time is given to you know humorous interactions and word plays and whatnot, and, and like off off track jokes. Um, and also, yeah, in the similar way, the fuck is up with the the random Zachary guy that is like that when they stage the coup d'état and they take over, you know, they they arrest all the the nobles. The dude's like, here, I'm gonna wire it up so these people shit into their mouths. <laughs> oh, and, oh yeah, and that, that, oh my god, that that? parade them through the streets. Someone, someone, someone read uh, Gyo. That's just what happened. Someone read Gyo before they read that wrote that episode. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't take the, uh, I didn't draw the parallel to Gyo, but that's yeah. a really good point, isn't it? It is just like that. Oh, yeah, no. and I, I thought, man, it's like on the one hand, yeah, I'm into it, but on the other hand, it's so fucking random. <laughs> Like, why was this done? And the the fact that they bring it up over multiple episodes and the other characters commentate like, man, what a weird dude. Like, the fuck is wrong with this guy? You're a twisted fuck, you know? Like, why? Why are we? Why? Are, why do we keep bringing this up? And there's no payoff. We never actually see these people paraded through the streets. But maybe we should. Shame. Man, shame. shame. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. So my my first experience with Attack on Titan um, was, I guess, right when it was dropping and it was on the tip of everyone's tongues. My <coughs> my longtime um, roommate and, and best friend Chris was way into it and, and talking about it. And some other uh, roommates were also watching it and talking about it. And I was kind of, I, I guess at that time, <coughs> I felt like there was no way it could live up to the hype. Mm. But. Yeah, I, I uh, despite my initial apprehension, I watched it, and by the time Mikasa gave that big speech in episode three or four, I was completely sold. Mm. Did you, know, you watch was, it as it was airing? I did not watch it as it was okay. airing. I think I think we're in the same boat, Dan. Hmm. Um, so Attack on Titan for me uh, was probably um, in the cluster of anime that I started watching after I like got back into anime. Um, I think it, I think it, I, I definitely didn't watch it as it was airing, but I definitely had to wait a long time for season two. Um, and, uh, I think the reason why I wanted to watch it so bad is because, uh, I went to Otakon for the first time that year and literally you could not take three steps without seeing a survey core, uh, cosplayer, um, and I was like, damn, if it's this popular, man, it's got to be good, right? I've got to gotta check it out. And um, so I watched the whole first season. Like, prob- like I probably binged the shit out of this. this. This anime is written so well. And, like, every episode leaves you on a cliffhanger that, like, you cannot... I, I cannot control my need to watch the new the next episode. Um, and then yeah. as soon as I was finished, I literally was like um, uh, on the internet ordering my Survey Corps hoodie that I wore <laughs> everywhere for like two years straight. 
Yeah, those it are does, endless. Yeah. And this, like, it, you could just drive your car and you would see people in the middle of the street with that. Fucking yeah. And you know what? Every, uh, every time I wore that, someone talked to me about Attack on Titan. Really? Every time. Really? Like, wow. I would be on the bus. I would be, like, walking to work. I would be at work. Like, everyone would talk to me about Attack on Titan. Yeah. I think that speaks to, you know, something that, that thematically we, we routinely bring up that anime has broached into a, a large-scale popular culture um, interest. Mm-hmm. Is not just some niche thing. Uh, it is a, a great social unifier across countries and cultures and, and class and interests and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Attack on Titan does have this kind of reputation for being so bingeable. Yeah. You know? and I think that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, Jeff? I think it was it might have been it might have been three or four episodes in when I started watching the first season. Um, I had been watching Kill a Kill at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Space Brothers was still being aired. Um, and I was still like casual at the point at that time. And I had to like, the, you know, I had the, the Tumblr going. But uh, when I when I watched those first three or four episodes, I definitely been straight through them so I could catch up. And uh, yeah, I was like, man, this is. I was like, this is why I watched anime in the first place. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I've been missing. Um, and Kill a Kill was good and everything, but it was a different direction. You know, like, this is very serious. Mm-hmm. Like, tonally, it's very serious. Like, just a solid thriller, you know? Mm-hmm. I love um, how serious it is. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know what it is about newer shows, but, like, They'll have serious parts, but then they'll have like comedic relief parts. And I really like, can a show just be serious if it's serious? Like, I don't need comedy in everything. And not to say that Attack on Titan doesn't have comedy in it. You know, like Sasha is the best <laughs> at that. Yeah, I would, um, I would, but, I'm fascinated by your idea that Attack on Titan is a hyper serious show because I, I would argue that it's not. What? People that, die. People are dying. They're dealing with all yeah, these emotions. But, Dan. but even, even, uh, even in, in season three, even in the second half of season three, they still have Connie giving a weird, uh, pun joke in the middle of this dire situation and then everyone's like, that wasn't all that funny. Sasha, hit him hit him over the head. Punish the man. Yeah. Sasha gives him a comical little bloop on the head. I guess and, I mean uh, that it's just well-placed. Word. It's not like over... Like Demon, like Demon Slayer does it with like Zenitsu and Inosuke. They get like really loud and crazy and just like, you know, it's annoying a little bit. <laughs> Whereas yeah. like Attack on Titan, even like the comedy, the comedy in it is relevant. It's not overripe yeah, with with like fan service. Yeah. Yeah, and when fun. you when you say it like that, I, I do think that it is better. Yeah, better placed and and better proportioned mm-hmm. than Demon Slayer because I I didn't, never actually thought Demon Slayer was particularly funny or or like, and I agree that the way the comedy plays out makes it all just. To me, it comes across as kind of annoying, right? It's it's like exacerbating the most irritating parts of these characters <laughs> for comedic value. Yeah. And Attack on Titan, uh, yeah, actually manages to be kind of situationally funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you say, like Sasha in the potato stuff is, you know, the most the most clear cut example of that, which is like 
kind of goes to building Sasha's character in a reasonable way, and it is like comic relief, but it's limited to it's, it's kind of limited in scope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's better. So season one, see, let's let's get into season one. Get going. Um, let's do it. Aaron, and uh, you know, watches his mom die. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. But. <laughs> Yeah, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> that's literally what, that's just the beginning of the show. Yeah. It's just like. Aaron so watches his mom get eaten by the smiling Titan. Oh, man. You know, uh, this is off tangent, but uh, I watched, uh, I finished watching the third season because I had stopped at the third season, uh, or, like when I first watched Attack on Titan. Um, and uh, I rewatched it from the beginning. And when you know all the info, you can see how many hidden gems and how many like just like little hints that they give you um, about all of the like the like nine Titans and like who they are and like, oh, my gosh, it's just like. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like hidden. Yeah, really, like, like hidden in plain sight. Yeah. Sort of things. If you were looking, you would know. So like Aaron's mom gets <coughs> eaten by the smiling Titan. Um. Who we later find out is um the wife. Dina Fritz. Oh my god. Yep. She got revenge. She's Damn. like, bitch, she said, come in my house. She said, you mess with my, my husband. <laughs> you mess- That's exactly what I was thinking too. When that was revealed, I was like, damn, she fucking sought out his new family. Yeah, you know? like the fuck are you doing with my man? Fucking yeah. revenge at its finest, guys. My god. Um and then we find out that uh, Titans are humans. Very slowly. In the form of Aaron, or wait, yeah, Aaron, right? Aaron, Aaron being a, a Titan. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little confused <coughs> as to some of the mechanics of his Titanness because at this point in the story, or even I guess at that point in the story, he he has two of the nine Titan titans within him he, he is simultaneously the founding titan and the attack titan and you know we that is true by by you know early on in season one but we don't really come to understand that and really know that until the end of season three mm-hmm. but i'm confused by this because what have like it's a little bit like having two devil fruits, you know, like doesn't doesn't this kind of mess up the scales a little <laughs> bit like he has both the powers of the founding Titan and the powers of the attack Titan. But like, doesn't that open the door to somebody just eating all nine Titans and becoming the one ultimate Titan with all nine parts? And, and what does that Titan look like? And if as you like collect these Titans, how are they then redistributed out? You know, like, is it? They they make the point that if somebody dies without passing their Titan along, that the Titan is just reborn at random amongst a child of the subject of Ymir, mm-hmm. because all of the children, you know, subjects of Ymir are all connected, you know, through through fate or whatever. Um, and yeah, okay, I, I feel that. But so when Aaron gets eaten, he passes along both of these Titan powers. Right. And like, so is there any way that these Titan powers 
like split off from each other? Like, is it that Aaron has to die without passing along his powers and then they both Titans are then reborn into two? Like now that they've been joined, how do we, how do we separate them? Is there a way to separate them or like what, mm. what is the mechanics of, of the, you know, combining and, and separating? Mm. Yeah. That's a good I guess that's this whole part of the lore, the lore mm-hmm. and the sort of uh, science fiction element, if you will, to the show. I hope they don't, you know, but maybe they will get into this in the the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Which makes me think of the Colossal Titan. That starts, you know, that's what breaks the first wall, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the Armored Titan. Uh... So, I guess that's the impetus, though, for for Aaron to seek revenge, to give him motivation. Once his mom dies, mm-hmm. he goes into the boot camp to become a, a soldier. Mm-hmm. I'm so Scott. glad that they don't, like, uh, drag out the time of, like, training and stuff. <laughs> There's no... Um, tournament arc yeah so glad thank you so much don't i don't need to see that <laughs> yeah just get, let me see what he what he does after his training good to go let's let's slaughter some titans let's get into it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they jump they move quickly and they move they move quickly and they move awkwardly and in, 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 not even just in season one in my opinion and all of Attack on Titan, and I when I when we I feel like there's a popular narrative around Attack on Titan that like oh it's not actually that good or, or like you know and, and I I think of this in terms of, of like critical opinion like YouTube personalities and stuff that mm. are always like well Attack on Titan's like okay it's getting better every you know every season every chapter or whatever it's like on an upward trend and I agree and I. I often wonder, I don't know, like, could this story have been told in a way that is more impactful if it had a more linear style of storytelling without the sort of scene by scene jumping around where, Mm. and I I think this is less of an issue in season one, although the like constant jumping from like, all right, now that first they're children, then they're teenagers, then they're adults, and it like moves kind of quickly and haphazardly. But I think that kind of comes with the territory. I think especially in season two with the Reiner and Berthold reveal, which I think is one of the best scenes in anime, period. Mm-hmm. But I think that scene gets hurt a lot because in the middle of it, you go through two, what, two layers of flashbacks for some reason, where they're like in the middle of a conversation, and then they're like, and then eight hours earlier, they, you know, these characters are having this conversation where they reflected back on these things, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like too much jumping around. Mm. I um describe it as like a, uh, like a teen soap opera drama show, like the OC, the OC does that where you get uh, like, you get to see like scenes of like two specific characters at a time. And then it jumps to like something like happen happening simultaneously um, with other characters that somehow relates back to both of them. It's like one of those like nonlinear storylines where like you have to remember what is happening and when for it to like make sense later. Which I think right. is like a style of storytelling. Like I don't, I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I I personally didn't have um, uh, that hard of a time with it for Attack on Titan specifically, but I can see where people would be turned off by that type of storytelling. 
Mm. Season one is very linear, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's like it really, it really pulls you and sucks you in, and you're you're invested in in these characters. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like once it once you get into season two, it starts. To, well, we get into it later, but it starts to I think falter a bit. Mm. Mm. I just think they'd spend too much time in the, that castle they were in. <laughs> so what what are our favorite moments, our respective top top one, top number one moment of season one? Ooh. Mm. Hmm. There's a lot of uh there I I feel like um Armin like realizing that his friends don't think of him as like a bother or that he needs to be saved that he can't help them. Uh, that was a pretty cool moment that stands out for me because Armin, uh, goes through a lot with, within the first couple episodes, uh, along with Mikasa and Aaron, but do we, we do, we do meet, uh, Levi in the first season, right? Yes. Oh my fucking boy. So when they're, Trottling in on their horses. He said trottling. It's like they, they the the crowd is like, you know, the civilians are kind of a gasp. Or they, they don't really like the scouts. They're they're kind of disgusted by them, right? And mm-hmm. Levi Levi just seems like he's just a badass. You you meet him for the first time. That, that stuck out to me a lot. And also when um, Armand and... Mikasa? Mikasa. <laughs> when Mikasa and Armand are defending Eren after he's captured. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, we're not really captured, but they basically are just like, we need to kill you. Right. You're, you're, a, you're a, a, um, a hazard. You're, you're a hazard to... to the, what do we know is human civility um, and what's normal. He's an outcast. And I think that guy's, what is that? Kits. Yeah. Kits, Kits Warman. I got this, the character list up here, going back to what you said about it being a serious show. Almost all the characters in this look so serious. There's no, no one's smiling in this. (laughs) There's nothing to (laughs) smile about. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck this guy. Especially, especially him. He's got like the dark circles around his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's just, like super stressed out looking. Yeah. 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 That, that ambiance is something that I find very appealing about attack on Titan. It, Cause I, I don't think attack on Titan is necessary. It's not an Armageddon show and I, I wouldn't say it's a dystopian show, but it has the same kind of emotional resonance as these styles of, of shows, mm-hmm. right? It's just like overall nihilism and, and hopelessness and despair at every turn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I find that very appealing because I too am full of hopelessness. And yeah. I really, I really like that. Um, most of their missions fail the first time. They're not like, they're yeah. not like good at this. They're just like literally trying to figure out, how they can do the best that they can do. And sometimes the best, most of the time, the best isn't good enough. Um, well, I, I, th- I think about that a lot. And insofar as you know, what they're being asked to do is fucking impossible, yeah. right? Like who in the flying fuck in real life would be able to do this? There's like mm-hmm. what fucking a hundred, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about like, all right, like 
who in real life could actually accomplish these sorts of acrobatic and physical feats mm-hmm. and utilize, you know, an ODM gear like this? I mean, it'd have to be, it's basically like professional athletes and Olympians and people of a similar level of physique and coordination, mm-hmm. which is what, like, I mean, how many professional athletes are there in the world relative to the rest of the human race? I mean, we're, we're talking about like the top, what, like top 5%? of the human population. So if you think about you know, how like use those same proportions and apply them to the human population that's still in the walls, mm-hmm. that's, that's not a whole lot, you know, be like taking our best. Yeah. Like our best Olympian athletes, like gold medal winners mm-hmm. and taking all the best of them and making them battle these Titans. Yeah. And if yeah. they die, that's it. Well, we got to wait 10 more years to the next. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah. It will makes me think of Heath, the um, cadet corpse um, general or his, uh, his ability to um, train them. And when uh, Aaron <coughs> is learning to use the ODM gear, Remember, he has an issue with the gear, and he can't he can't keep himself upright. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little hint to that in season three, a little flashback to that, where he's basically being uh, he admits to to messing with his gear so that Aaron will not join the uh, military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants uh, Aaron to get revenge on anyone. They're like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally trying to alter destiny. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that part stuck out to me after watching season three. Um, but yeah, season one. What about you, Great Dan? Great season. My favorite part... My Caribbean food had just arrived, so I'm at my favorite part right now. Wonderful. Um, it looks like a taco. Favorite. So, yeah, it's a meat patty. It's good. Taco. <laughs> anyway. So, I guess I should say my favorite part is the Mikasa speech mm-hmm. in in it's like episode three or four or something like that. The you're all weak, but I'm strong, so let me save everyone. Speech. Mm-hmm. Um. That was the moment that I was really sold on Attack on Titan because I was like, "Oh damn, this shit's hard," you know. Like this is this is hype. Um, I also particularly like the yeah Levi going back and seeing Levi. I like Levi's squad getting killed off, and I like Levi turning back around to chase the female Titan, and he sees his squad is killed off. And then he gets revenge on the female Titan and, and fucks her mm. up. I, I like that stuff too. Yo, Levi is so badass. Yeah, Levi is pretty fucking cool, right? Did you did you watch the um the the I don't know OVA episodes, the spinoff episodes? No no regrets. I think it's the two episode two the two episodes that tell Levi's backstory. Oh, I didn't. I should. My gosh. I watched I watched those at the time. There's a couple there's a couple pertinent OVAs. There's the Levi backstory mm-hmm. and then there's one that deals specifically with a, a talking titan um that is worshiping Ymir. Mm-hmm. And at the time it really 
adds a lot to the mystique and and kind of ambiance the mystery of attack on titan but the things that are hinted at in this ova become explained Mm. you know by the end of season gotcha okay yeah those that ova aired around season one you know so at the time you have this um talking titan worshiping a skeleton in a tree and calling it ymir and you're like oh my god what the hell is going on <laughs> you're like ymir is just like a little bitch over there though mm-hmm. yeah um i think the character designs are something to talk about between all of the seasons like how mm. how you see these characters grow as like people um from you know the first episode where they're like literal children to um you know the third and fourth, like third specifically, but like also Mappa's um, take on the characters. It seems like everyone has just like grown immensely in the time that they've been uh, in this series. Mm. Everyone is ripped in this show. Fuck, man. I could... Anytime someone takes off their shirt, they got a straight up washboard (laughs) six-pack van. Well, they would have to to use this ODM gear, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could never... I always say, man, what? That's not. That's no life. There's no donuts in that life, unless they are vegan. You really think a single person in this show is vegan? <laughs> <laughs> well, with all the scarcity of food, Sasha maybe. literally mur- wants to murder people over meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's no, there's little to no meat after they yeah. broke that first wall, and they got to push everyone back. I love how it takes like three seasons for them to reclaim that damn wall. And find a damn basement. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been called or <laughs> tag on Titan journey to the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wa- like watching watching all of it through once and then watching it back. Um, I didn't recognize Ymir at all. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Really? I don't know if like you guys like felt like this, but there were characters where I was like, wait. Who is that? Like, I've totally forgotten about them. Like, Ymir has, like, uh, like longer hair in, uh, like, a ponytail and freckles. And then in the third <clears> season, <throat> she's just, like, short hair, like, very stark nose, like, very sharp, pointy nose. Um, and I was like, wait, who is this character again? <laughs> <laughs> the character designs in the manga, though, I do remember this being an issue a lot of, with a lot of people. People really criticizes um, the original creator's artwork. It, it mm. was not the best. I um, mean, the man is writing and drawing. Yeah, give him, yeah, give him sure. some, give him a little wiggle room, y'all. He was so, he was turned he was turned down by a lot of publishers before he got his mm. his break because they didn't like his art style. Yeah, this is and this is something that is is another part of. I don't know the the narrative of critique around Attack on Titan. The idea that this guy is, you know, in this realm of, you know, kind of some of the great some of the great artists of our lifetimes. You know, like like uh, the guy that does Berserk and the guy that does JoJo. Um, yeah, the Attack on Titan manga. Hajime looks, Isayama. Yeah, it, it, his he looks pretty shabby by comparison. And I, if I remember correctly, this is his first major work right so i i'm i think about that a lot as we see the you know kind of the described upward trend of attack on titan like oh it's getting better all the time every 
every new story arc is more interesting and adds more to the story and it's like you know really growing as a story and i feel like yeah i mean we're seeing the evolution of this author you know as he finds his footing and figures out you know what it is he's good at and what kind of story he's trying to tell and mm. and what his style is and I, I think about that too is is he does stuff like the weird scat torture and you know <laughs> these like random comedic things is also like as yeah, a guy trying to find his voice trying to figure out like am i a guy that does scat torture you know let's let's figure it out you know <laughs> Yeah, it's, but it makes it it makes it really interesting to to kind of watch in real time, you know, to like uh, be alive at, at the time that this is airing. Man, they struggle for trust for such a long time. It's all Annie's fault. Stupid Annie. Little Annie. Did y'all predict that she was um a Titan? The Titan that she is. What what Titan is she? The female Titan. Yeah. Did y'all predict yeah. that? Y'all catch that the first time around? I did. She went. I can't say that I did. She put her hands up, time. all like she was fighting Aaron, and I was like, "Damn, yeah, that's Annie, y'all. All these people are Titans. Who isn't a Titan?" <laughs> Though, I wouldn't say she's one dimensional, but they don't really have time to grow her backstory as much. I think they're probably going to do that characters. in season four. Mm-hmm. She's got to. She's got to get out of her. Uh, her um. Prison. Yeah, prison at some point. Is she still relevant, yeah. though? <laughs> yeah. Do we care? Totally forg- Do we care about good her? Question. Do we care about Yeah, good question. Her? Like, <laughs> I done forgot about you. Like, <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm more worried about uh, Levi. <laughs> You're worried about Levi? Yeah, I, I, I need him to not die. <laughs> oh, well, I swear. Yeah. I swear. Oh, man. He can't. Yeah, well... It seems unlikely to me that he's going to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Irvin looked like he wasn't going to die either, but here we are. Yeah, but Irvin, <laughs> Irvin, Irwin is a great man. He's still a man. Levi is a titan killing machine. Yeah. You know, he, he's. What is it he with the Ackermans and being titan slaying geniuses? What's up with well, that? There's there's lore with that, right? The idea that the Ackerman clan is like, you know, this they were the uh, the king's guards or something, and, oh, okay. and they just have you know their bloodline just has comes with these um, intense physical abilities oh, okay. beyond above and beyond the average person. So like all Ackermans are capable of this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then the king turned on them and persecuted them because he couldn't manipulate them. But I, I swear that they, mm, I don't know where this is specifically mentioned in the show, but I read it somewhere. So I'm assuming it's in the show somewhere that the Ackerman blood, like the Ackerman clan, they're kind of like, like, I mean, I hate to be so um, belittling, but they're kind of like dogs. They choose a person that they're attached to and that's their person mm. and they go out of their way. You know, they're like totally obedient and loyal to this person always supports them is kind of like their, uh, you know, their, their fixer as it were. And Levi was that person to Irwin and Mikasa is that person to Aaron mm-hmm. and Kenny was that person to the, the King of the time mm-hmm. to Uri. That was his name. Mm. And that was why the Ackerman clan 
where the king's kind of like royal guard and whatnot, because there's always an Ackerman that would, you know, protect the king. Okay. You know, that would be so loyal and, and do the, the work of the king. And the doctor knew that. And that's why he was like, you better take care of Aaron. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the Titan of Titans. They make the point that to really use. Well, oh, this is something that I was confused about in season three, but I, I did figure this out on my own. And, and they make the point that you have to be of the royal bloodline to fully utilize the Titans powers. And Historia is of the royal bloodline. Mm-hmm. And then toward, at the very end of season three, like last episode, Aaron makes the point that like, okay, like I, I'll never be able to use the full power of the founding Titan. You know, the best we could do <coughs> is to get Historia, you know, like to, to change into a Titan or something. And then I touch her and then I'm use, able to use the powers. And I was thinking like, well, wouldn't it just make more sense for Historia to eat you? You know, like, I get that there's an angle of self-preservation there, but um, isn't isn't the obvious answer to just make Historia eat Aaron? But then they make the point that, oh, uh, you know, if you are of the royal bloodline, you gain the power of the founding Titan. Then you they they describe it as being um, that you're like what's the word I'm looking for. They describe it that you're mind controlled by the first king, and that then you just abandon any sense of trying to um, protect people, or, or you're like stuck in this specific philosophical mode. Yeah. I, 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 to me, it makes more intuitive sense that it's it's kind of like the same way in in. Um, well, what's that famous graphic novel about superheroes? The Watchmen. Yeah, the same way in The Watchmen, the blue guy is like the all-knowing god, and he just stops caring about everything around mm-hmm. him. I, I've, I, in my own mind, I picture it like that, that like when the, when the royal bloodline inherits the founding titan and they gain these godlike powers, they become similarly disenfranchised and disconnected. You know, it's the same way the blue guy in The Watchmen just like doesn't care anymore. He just sits back and is like, yeah, whatever, you know. Because he can Nothing see, matters. he can see the future and the past, right? He's he's like all knowing, yeah, all seeing. Mm-hmm. So the end of season one uh, ends with an, a pretty big scene uh, where you find out you find their titan is inside the wall, right? <laughs> they're, oh mm-hmm. yeah, they're built. They're basically this whole the entire city. This wall is built by titans' bodies, essentially built into the wall. And I think that was like, as far as hysteria, or at least um, fan <laughs> fan hysteria, just knowing that part. Because then you're like, people are starting to project what they think is hap- what's going to happen, and why why the um, Titans are the way they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. And leads to some theories that go into season two. Oh. <laughs> Season two is just full of. It's pretty, pretty thick, pretty deep. <laughs> season two is my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Uh, mm, uh, mm, uh, mm. After second watch, I would. It's definitely the strongest in terms of like what they give you, like what they what they give you to work with in the world of Attack on Titan. Even though the pacing could be a little slow, at least at the end of season. See, here's my problem. 
I just rewatched all the seasons and they kind of blend together mindlessly. Hmm. And so that like some of the pace, like people complained about the pacing in season one towards the end uh, with them traveling outside of the wall. Um, and just like unnecessary dialogue and drawing out episodes. Does that happen a lot in season two? Um, well, isn't it the, it's, um, they're in the cast, they're in like the, they're in the outside, but in the castle ruins, there's that arc part. And then there's the, um, Ymir, Bertolt and Reiner reveal part. I, I kind of separated into those two, those two scenarios. Okay. At least in my mind. And then the section in which there's a lot of flashbacks where they're, they're like scouts still, or they're training to be scouts Mm -hmm. and they're in the snow. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I I think season two spends a lot of time kind of treading water with, with weird flashbacks and random flashbacks. It's not necessarily a bad thing because it, it does help build all these characters. You know, you feel kind of differently about Ymir after the snow training flashback. You know, and you feel differently about her relationship with Historia for having had this information. Um, but again, you're just like, same like with with Sasha, Sasha's, you know, kind of tangent episode where she goes back to her hometown and saves somebody from a very poorly scaled Titan. I like, don't, the scaling of that scene is so weird to me. Like, I feel like I don't want to blame Studio Wit for this because I have to imagine that it's just drawn awkwardly in the manga and they were just kind of like, you know, following what they had to work with. But it, it did you guys notice that as well? When she walks into the room and the Titan is eating this person, that Titan does not look larger than an average person. You know? Well, there's like different scales of Titans. There's like the four meter Titans and then there's like the founding Titans and there's like the running ones and then the abnormals. There's like all different kinds. Yeah, but think about how, like, when she is duking it out with that titan and shoots an arrow into his eye, the, she's, like, the size of the titan's head. Like, it yeah. looks, that titan looks, not exactly, I mean, it's a small titan, but it's still, like, 10 or 15 feet. But in that room, when she walks in, it's barely larger than the person that it's eating. It's, like, small enough that it walked through that door frame without any difficulty. Mm-hmm. And then she's like trying to chop its head off and it can't go. And it's like, well, why not? Yeah. It'd be like just chopping some guy's head off. It's like the same size. Yeah. We, I do remember that. I don't think I caught that. Sticking out to my mind, in my mind. Yeah. It's almost, I thought maybe it was just another person. And then I was like, oh, that's just, that's a Titan. It looks that way. It looks that way at first. When when you walk in, you see the Titan eating that lady. Mm-hmm. It does look like just, I was like, man, cannibalism. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's fucking cool. And then he, and then once the Titan leaves that door, or comes out of the house, you're like, oh, shit, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I don't think I caught but, that. <laughs> but when, you, you're right, but when, when, um, she's battling with the arrow. She has an arrow in her hand. She has to climb up on a cliff and shoot him, shoot the the, the Titan in the face, mm-hmm. which would 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 make you think that it's you know a good fifteen twenty feet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Unless you know inside the house it's squatting and it's cut in half. The portions of the Titan are cut in half. It would have to have really long legs, mm. <laughs> like a short torso and really, really long, long legs. legs. 
I like that scene. <laughs> That's very like zombie esque. I just I I think what I can't get my head around is when they're on their horses and um, they're like galloping through the plains. That animation to me is just really really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone else thinks that, but I'm like, man, like they the horses look like they're floating. Like the ground is moving faster than the horses are like going. Mm. And it looks very flat to me. Like I know it's 3D, but like it looks very flat. Yeah. I think they do a lot uh better of a job animating all of the like 3D maneuver gear inside the cities than mm. they do outside the walls. Like, I'm more here for the action inside the cities and going around buildings and titans and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and as we talk about this, I feel bad putting the crunch on Studio Wit. I don't want to sound like they've done a bad job animating the show because I truly don't believe they have. I think the show looks really mm-hmm. good as a whole. And I, I think a lot of these little things are more like... Like, I haven't seen the manga panel for this Titan eating a woman and Sasha walks in on it, but I'm assuming the manga panel is not drawn correctly. And studio wit just was like, yeah, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and just did the best with they could with what they got. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the Titans and don't same, have similar proportions. So maybe they were just like, yeah, yeah whatever. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. Th- I, I do think that this show looks, looks and feels great. And, and at no point other than that, and I I understand what you mean, Amelia, because there are moments where the 3D animation looks a bit kerjanky, mm-hmm. but those those did not stick out to me or or mm-hmm. influence my my mood or or the way that I, I looked at that scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree that when it comes to the important stuff, like the actual fighting with the Titans, mm-hmm. it looks fucking great, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and and. Specifically in season one, that scene where Mikasa is going nuts and she turns the corner really, really fast and does like a 360 spin to to kill that Titan. And it's like really, really fast paced and dynamic. Yeah. And it, it syncs up with the song mm-hmm. really, really well. It's like, man, that that it really looks and feels fucking cool. Yeah. I, I do mm. think Studio Wit deserves credit for you know doing it when it needs to get oh, done. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and even in, like, let's think Vinland Saga, there's a lot of horses galloping mm-hmm. through the woods. Or, I feel like wait, it, I think it the looked good technologies, in Vinland Saga, though. Yeah, it looked better. <laughs> better. No, I agree. Um, I but the, like, vast open fields of grass, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of looked like a video game. Yeah. And I, in order to animate horses, it's very, I know it's very challenging. Like, all most animals are challenging to animate. Mm-hmm. And so I guess... To save on money and to save on animation, like yeah, let's just make a bunch of horses 3D. Yeah, <laughs> throw them on, throw them on a large landscape. Yeah, I mean, I get that too, because like you know, time time is of the essence when you're working on anime. But mm-hmm. just took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, just a slight I bit. Just a slight bit. <laughs> I'm like here for all of like the um the really good moments when it syncs up perfectly and then like it takes me out a little bit when i'm like oh that doesn't look like grass it just looks like color (laughs) those trees look like oof man so as we talk about the little things in this show one little thing that deserves a lot of credit is the soundtrack 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is that that guy Sawano, right? That's his name, Hiroyuki Sawano. Who and I don't know if Attack on Titan made him famous, but I feel like this is a name that I continuously hear over and over again now that I know what who he is. And so he he's did the soundtrack to Promare as well. <laughs> okay. Because I, I think Attack on Titan is one of the few shows where the soundtrack, um, I, I almost think it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine stuff like Irwin's final charge in season three without that giant, you know, blasting um, orchestral buildup? You know, and like the big symbols and the chorus in the background mm-hmm. when Erwin's like, no, you know, their lives are meaningful. Yeah. Or, or you know, the the um, the Bert Holden Reiner reveal, uh, which to me is is it, it hinges on the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that that little synth piece in the background, and then Reiner takes off the bandage, and and they add in the the strings, and it just it absolutely fucks me up, man. That it, it really clinches that scene. Yeah. Sawano also worked on Cabinaria, the Iron Fortress. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so Damn. makes sense. Also, um, uh, he worked on Gundam Narrative. I just got a copy of that uh, special edition, and I have not watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that... We're talking about that, Jeff. I think it's pretty good. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I definitely think um, the thing that makes... Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan is the soundtrack, especially in the moments um, where they're like charging or like going into battle or they're like really like getting into those moments that are hard to do mm-hmm. um, as a as like normal people knowing that they're like going to their death, you know. Absolutely, and. Kill, we talked about Kill a Kill earlier, and he also composed the music for that. Um, he is laying on Studio hits. Wit and Studio Trigger, a man after man. Yeah. Clearly, he gets it. He gets it, yeah. As we talk about the these moments, that is exactly how I how I view Attack on Titan, and I, I think about the yeah, kind of the narrative of critique that like oh, you know. The storytelling is kind of shaky and it jumps around too much and it's all kind of haphazard. But I, I feel like Attack on Titan is really a story about moments. Mm-hmm. And that's really where this guy excels is is at creating these moments of, of just pure hype, you know. Mm-hmm. And like like when I think of this stuff, I'm like, man, this is like what I wish I was writing when I was, you know, I don't know, like writing Warhammer fan fiction when I was in elementary school, you know, mm-hmm. it's just this like very resonating to a certain part of, of my personality and to a certain part of, of what I want out of media. And I, I think that that, yeah, those moments creating these moments and, and making these moments as dramatic and impactful as possible is what the author's really good at and what Attack on Titan is really good mm-hmm. at. And all the space in between these moments is really kind of, not that it's not important, but they're, they're just vehicles to get you to the next big moment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, rather than being a kind of story with a steady tempo 
you know, that is always moving in in a certain direction is different than, you know, like Legend of the Galactic Heroes or, or even One Piece where like everything kind of fits as a puzzle and it's consistently mm-hmm. moving in a specific direction and mm-hmm. um, you're kind of in, in a certain trajectory and, and yeah, in a certain momentum. Yeah, Attack on Titan is not like that. There's not momentum in the same way. There's not trajectory in the same way. It's just like you're you're like in this mind-blowing moment then the moment's over and it's just like, all right, how do we get to the next mm-hmm. big moment? You know? mm-hmm. And I, I think people really like that. That's why uh, I think there, there's not exactly a stereotype, but <clears throat> isn't there, there's something of an idea that like, Oh, what are the two franchises people pay attention to? It's game of Thrones and attack on Titan. And mm-hmm. game of Thrones is similar in this way that it's kind of also very, um, places a lot of emphasis on the big reveals, yeah. the big moments. Another show that jumps around with situations happening at the same time. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I read, I read that um, Isayama is <coughs> start, sorry uh, is a fan of Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. So this all makes sense mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I see that that inf- influence and in kind of the the emotion. Mm-hmm. It's really about yeah, the characters all- and you know their their the things that they have to deal with and how how hard it is for them to deal with the with with mm-hmm. everything in this world and still having to move on and look for something to live for mm-hmm. af- after mm-hmm. and just like game of thrones uh, there's a lack of people of color in the show <laughs> but you would argue that you know game of like game of thrones it takes place in a european setting so kind of makes sense and yeah, but, but you know all these characters have, for the most part, have European names, mm. and that lends you think, well, where does this take place? If this is Earth, where is doesn't, you know, like, doesn't it take place? <coughs> sorry, doesn't it take place on Madagascar? Yeah, I did not know that until today, <laughs> told- until this day, <laughs> right you, now. When you when you said that, I I instantly looked it up. The island it is shaped very, very similarly. Yeah. The island in which they're on is very similarly shaped, and the desert and like having like tropical, like different landscapes mm-hmm. on this island. I but, I th- I think that is crazy to me <laughs> because I'm going to say the first the first couple episodes of Attack on Titan I was there for it. You know, like I I liked it. I I got into it instantly, but I was I was like where's the exposition here? Like where are, where actually are we? Mm. Where mm-hmm. in time and space does this actually take place? Like you can't just tell mm-hmm. me it's like a hundred years after humanity's like fell. Like you can't tell, like I need to, know, like I need to know other things as well. Like where mm-hmm. a different time, like are we on a different sure. timeline? Is this like a parallel universe? Like I'm confused. And, um, Yeah. It's all fucking Madagascar. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's happening right now in Madagascar, 2020. If you paid attention to the news, yeah. you would know. Oh my god, this sorry. is currently happening. I ain't got cable. I know they don't really talk about African news in the U.S., but this is literally going on in Madagascar right now. <sighs> yeah, which makes me think because you got all the, you, you look at the weapons and the, like the architecture, and you go, okay, this could be uh, like post or early 1900s right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's and there's no well 
there are cars, but you don't find out about that until later. So like up until a certain point, you think that there's no cars. There's only horseback. Yeah. They don't, it doesn't look like they have electricity, but maybe they do. Well, I think, I think this raises a very interesting question about kind of the nature of, of paradise and utopia, which is a big thematic uh, question of season three, mm-hmm. or like kind of an underlying question. They never really ask this directly, but they make the point that life within the walls is supposed to be this kind of vision of utopia where people get along in peace. There are no wars. Like people just live humble, simple lives, you know, with their families and go about their business of surviving from day to day. And, you know, people don't feel kind of the, the frustrations of modern life. Do we think that is a reasonable vision of utopia? Like if, if somebody was like, Oh, I want to send you to live within the walls. Would you be like, yeah, that's cool. That seems like a reasonable way to live. If know? we were in Attack on Titan, I would be like, that better be Wall Cena. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't living in no Wall Maria. Yeah. It's kind of like the Amish. Yeah. Yeah. There. So the there is a period of peace, a century of peace, which I don't really know too much about, but it was from 1815 to 1914 in Europe. That would kind of fit within the timeline of, you yeah. Know. But we in Madagascar, baby. <laughs> you think this was happening in Madagascar in the eighteen hundreds? Fascinating. Hmm. I just feel like I've heard that before. Like, like hmm. it's been a hundred years of peace, century of peace, and I just googled it and I'm like, oh, there's okay, there's this theoretical period of of peace in Europe. Mm-hmm. I guess where there are no wars or anything. I'm not saying it has to be based on super duper reality. I'm sure. Yeah. Probably, I'm like, but I want it. No, I needed to know I'm a little saying, bit more about like where, where actually humanity came from. <laughs> like it sound, it made, they made them sound like they were just like plopped there. <laughs> like, and yeah, we plopped yeah. you here in these walls. There you go. Plop. Well, and, and as you, as you say that <coughs> in some ways that stays consistent with the in, in story world building, mm-hmm. right? The idea, because there, there is, the fact that the first king stole the memories of all the people within the yes. walls and kind of erased, you know, this period of lost history. So in the same way that, you know, this looks very awkward to us from the outside, I'm sure it feel, you know, feels very awkward to people like Erwin Swift and, and Armin yeah. inside as well. Yeah, I guess like putting myself in the character's perspective is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But um, what was I going to say? Uh I hate I hate that it took three seasons to find it out. Yeah, you know it. Uh, <laughs> I love I love knowing about everyone and their background and who died and their family and if their village is still alive. Like I love that. That's what Attack on Titan is about. But also, like I feel like knowing a little bit more of the lore earlier on would have been mm. beneficial. To really like understanding like the motivations of Bertolt and Reinar and Ymir and you know like all everyone that is a Titan human and you know. So highlights from season two. The Reiner and Bertolt reveal is absolutely one of my favorite scenes in anime period. Just the way the way that motherfucker is just like so I'm the armored titan. He's the big titan. Uh, 
we broke the wall. It was, the a, way. Ju- it was, I was a joke. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it absolutely blew my fucking mind when I saw that for the first time. I'll never forget the feeling. I felt like it was just such a like, mm. because just a crazy, ambitious like decon. I don't know if deconstruction is the right term, but but just a, a like crazy, ambitious reimagining of the way we think about reveal scenes. You know, to just have this guy just plop it right out there and, and suffer from this, this yeah, like split personality, mental collapse. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, like, I really did not see that coming. And it, it just came across so beautifully to create the the kind of in-character tension of, of Reiner. Mm-hmm. And you see how his, you know, his mental health is degrading, how his psyche is degrading from the pressure of having to live this, live this lie and be a double agent. Yeah. I thought really great, great, great stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it also, um, is super impactful because you know that these people have like the, like Aaron and Mikasa and Armin and all the survey corps up until that point were being trained by him. And, you know, they think mm-hmm. of him as a comrade, but in actuality, in that moment, you, f- you know that he's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just a wild reveal. Yeah, and if you're not paying attention, you it would go right over your head. I think that mm-hmm. was, that might have been my experience watching that. Like, seeing <laughs> it and being like, okay. Like, just accepting it. Yeah. But not like really not, yeah. seeing the weight of that. Mm-hmm. Feeling the weight of of that learning of of that information. Mm-hmm. I also love Irwin's charge in this uh, in this season. Irwin charging ever just gets me off. Yeah, oh my God, what a beautiful man! I would follow him. I'd yeah, follow he ranks up there with he ranks up there with Admiral Yang in terms of people. I would I would follow this man. <laughs> that was um, towards the end of the season, right? When they're chasing. Yeah. Reiner and uh, mm-hmm. Berthold. We there was a, yeah, <laughs> I was watching this and I was like, how do I pronounce half these names? Am I pronouncing <laughs> them right? Is it Perthalt? Well, there's the time when the people are calling him Reiner. 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 There's an R. There's an E R at the end of that one. <laughs> Could it be Reiner sometimes? Like there are definitely times where I take some liberties with the names. Yeah. I have not watched the dub to this, so I am curious. I have. <coughs> and how do they pronounce half these names? Are they how you would imagine them? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of anyone that mm. is like weird. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, scene. I do remember the Ymir scene quite a bit. Her flashback and her mm. her role in the cult and her being chastised, mm. which makes me think that cult might have been part of the resistance. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, I thought that both Ymir and uh, Historia were just like throwaway characters. Like I did not care about that, them at all. I thought they were just there to be lovey-dovey on each other <laughs> and, um, you know, besties. And then like season two is like, no, they're super important. So here you go chew on that and i was like man i don't even like these girls though (laughs) that's a good point because like i i'm i'm kind of happy that they they didn't choose mikasa and and uh erwin as sort of the stereotypical romantic relationship Mm. you know you had 
Astoria and not to say that it was romantic, but mm -hmm. potentially they never really, in yeah. <laughs> like a typical Japanese anime fashion, they never really get too no. heavy, too deep into it. They just leave you in suspense. It's too yeah, heavy. No, just ambiguous. Just ambiguous. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Ambiguous relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, in my mind, this speaks further to my personal theory that, yeah, we're watching this this new young author kind of growing, you know, as as he makes Attack on Titan and figuring out further, you know, what works, what doesn't work, what kind of story am I trying to tell? Because I agree, like up to season two, it, it felt it felt arbitrary that we have just decided now that these two characters are of central importance mm -hmm. to the story because you never had any of that in season one. Mm -hmm. But I think it worked really well, mm -hmm. and I, I really enjoyed their their stories mm -hmm. and, and their relationship. And it's definitely, well, by season three, we know that it's definitely romantic because Ymir writes her and says, my only regret is that I wasn't able to marry you. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. Did she say marry? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I miss that. She does say that. But I, I think that it's 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 a certain <coughs> it's a certain style of romance that I, I think is is real, mm -hmm. you know? And that's that's what I like about mm -hmm. it. It's not like a weird lovey dovey thing, it's not a weird sexual thing. It's it's just a matter of emotional intimacy mm -hmm. and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think their relationship is is really beautiful in that way. Yeah, it's one that you don't see a lot in anime. You know, usually your relationships are yeah. usually yeah. not that. Yes, this is true. Mm -hmm. I feel like the same thing with uh, Aaron and Mikasa. You know, like they always hint at them being romantic or um, like always connected. Um, yeah, but it's never really like fully fully revealed if they are or not. Yeah. I would I would date Mikasa. If she was all up on me like that, <laughs> I'd be all up on her. Oh, you picking a younger woman this time, Dan. Well Are they the same age? Yeah, I mean when you say it like that, yeah, I guess that's true. Mm. In my mind we're the her, same her. age because her and Aaron are the same age. <laughs> Mikasa's been like third, you know, like in her twenties and thirties her entire life. Not older. <laughs> Even as a child. She's She's, she's had a lot. To, she's got a lot to deal with. She had a lot of life experience mm -hmm. that ages you. Yeah, I guess when you come home and you find your parents being murdered, yeah, I guess that will change you a bit. <laughs> That's about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she's just more mature for her age. So season two ends mm -hmm. with um, uh. Aaron and Historia being captured and taken. Tied up and taken. And we get a little bit of backstory of Historia and how she came to be royal and whatnot for the third season. That's when that's what we're starting off with. Um, and we also don't forget we also learn about the Beast Titan and the connection. Oh yeah, you know with the blonde man. Zeke. Zeke, mm -hmm. the handsome blonde boy. Yeah, I thought that was, um, uh, I was confused in this moment because I thought that that was Irvin's dad that was teaching. And yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Irvin's dad is the teacher in the flashbacks. Yeah, but I thought he, the teacher was the, um, was the uh, Beast Titan. 
Oh, I was like, wait, these word. people look so similar. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm confused. But I know now that's not yeah, true. Different guys. <laughs> different guys. Uh, I hate the Beast Titan. I think he's oh, really? annoying. You don't hate him because um, he's the bad guy, yeah. as it were? No, I mean, like, everything he does is annoying. Like, the fact that he can talk annoys me. Wow. <laughs> like, the fact that he, like, <laughs> he, like, holds, um, who was that guy in the beginning, season one? Me, like, Mike, mm -hmm. Mikey? Yeah, Mika. Is that his name? Um, he just, like, it's toys kind of, with yeah, him. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. <clears throat> yeah, heinous. I don't like it. I don't like that he, uh, in the third season, he's throwing rocks. He's like, I'm so powerful. I'm just going to crush all these boulders and throw rocks at I you. You're dead now. <laughs> I'm having fun. Yeah. I can talk. Listen to me. <laughs> His voice annoys me. Uh, I, I liked him personally. I thought the rock throwing was a really good strategy. Yeah, he's zero percent yeah. chance of being attacked. Well, until he does get. Yeah, attacked. he clearly was not taking our guy <laughs> Levi seriously. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on, he's the Slayer. Yeah, he's the Titan. Dude, slayer. and Levi, when Levi, when Levi fucks him up, that Ooh. was some real shit. Who that? Oh, that that string of three episodes uh, of that arc, I was literally standing yeah, the entire it. time. I was standing, I was yelling at the TV, like, I was bawling my eyes out, like, there are so many emotions in that second part. I think the second part yeah. is probably my favorite. Yeah. Second part of season yeah. three. Like, part fuck, man. Like, fuck me up with all of that Yeah, emotion. when Levi's got the, the sword in Zeke's mouth, I was also just yelling at my computer screen, like, kill him now. Kill him now. Just do it. Don't even think <laughs> yeah. twice. Just yeah. kill him. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, but then he kills him in such a badass fucking way. He just like all the way down his yeah, arm. That part was awesome. And, but then, well, he you know he stops and he's like, "All right, I got." It. Is there literally anyone else alive that we can use to steal the Beast Titan's powers? And I understand that moment of hesitation, but I feel like in this show, whenever someone hesitates, they they lose their shot over yeah. and over again. You hesitate, yeah. you lose your shot. Mm -hmm. So at that point, it's like, dude, just just just. Just do it. Don't even think about it, man. Just fucking kill him, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, but I was bawling my eyes out because Armin did not deserve that. He deserved to see the sea. Man, he fought so hard. He was so smart. He, like, finally started yeah. believing in himself. Dude, yeah, when Armin got <sighs> burned up like that, I, I was also crying. But yeah. Heavy part. Oh, good. Yeah. God, man, tears pouring, just pouring. I think I tweeted about it. I was so upset. Um, which yeah, stark comparison. This the the part one where it's mostly just a lot Exposition. of dialogue. Yeah, 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 and I, yeah. A lot of a lot of shit about Historia that I didn't care. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I feel like I just needed to know that she was royal. No, I, I, I thought. Hmm. I mean, yeah, the first part of season three so important to the world building in, in constructing the lore you know that we see that yeah i guess yeah. like the political stuff is needed because it built it yeah. builds and you meet kenny yeah. you see more fucking kenny kenny's the kenny is kenny is kenny made me stop watching attack on titan really i'm gonna say this <laughs> right now i'm sorry like whoever kenny? loves kenny I, yeah 
He's a fucking cowboy yeah. in this like apocalyptic yeah. world. Like I don't know. No, he he did not do it for me. Like pulled straight at, from Cowboy Bebop. Like fucking. Now we got cowboys in the mix. Well, like, you know, again, I felt. <laughs> but like you guys know me, like I am not about the politicalness of yeah. anime. So I didn't care about the interpersonal shit. But you know what was really cool it was actually the anti ODM gear and the like torpedoes that they started using in this, in this season. That was pretty cool. So yeah, but. I was I think I was telling Jeff this at work. I was like, uh, Kenny was just there. This is gonna <laughs> probably gonna make a lot of people mad. Kenny was just there so that we could find out that he had an injection hidden on his person. That's all we needed to know from well, Kenny. I mean, in some ways I think that's true, but in other ways I, I think and and to to Don't hate to me expand everyone. on that a little me. bit. I, I think the you know, what is the over what is the purpose of the over you know what? What does that segment add to the overarching narrative of Attack on Titan? Because I agree mm-hmm. that it does feel kind of random and out of place. Which again, I ascribe to uh, you know just an author figuring out what he's trying to do, and you know still exploring the different options of and, and you know tools at mm-hmm. his disposal, and and the political stuff and and the you know the rice family and whatnot this is all important to building the lore but what is kenny as an individual add i i, I do think there yeah i, I think there's a good argument to be that, made that but. that what this does is it sets up you know with the injection and i think also with kenny's line that everyone everyone's got to be drunk on something to get by and i think mm-hmm. this yeah. sets mm-hmm. up Levi to make the choice between Irwin and Armin. And I think I think his choice mm-hmm. only makes sense in the context of where of his interactions with Kenny and the way the situation with Kenny played out. And the show kind of wants you to build that connection because Levi literally flashes back. You know, there is a flashback in Levi's mind where he is literally thinking about Kenny's last words and thinking about how they relate to Armin and Erwin. So we know that this is what he's thinking mm-hmm. of. And as the audience, like we are supposed to build this connection. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, you know, Attack on Titan never touches on that thematically outside of the stuff with Kenny. And it, it doesn't really like. Mm-hmm. I don't think Attack on Titan really has anything to say on this topic per se, but I, I think it it does mm. it helps a lot with that moment. Like if you have to get Levi to choose Armin, then I don't think he makes that choice unless you have yeah, unless you, you have these experiences Kenny. with Kenny. Okay. Okay. I yeah. And Levi smiles for the first time. Oh uh, at the end of Kenny's dead. Yeah. He's standing above him. Yeah. He also says this beautiful line. Shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> that I love. Mm-hmm. Just love it. I could listen to that on a loop all day. Levi telling you to shut your stupid mouth because he loves you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lot. I want to talk more about choosing Irwin versus Armin. Let's get mm. into it because oh, that geez. was a, a yeah very for real that whole moment. episode Wait, and the fact that the episode know. was the the soundtrack was really minimal on that episode helps a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I want to know, before we like start discussing what, who, who you would have chosen if you were Levi. Uh, It could go either way. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Isn't it? I mean, like Mm. being in, in Levi's shoes and number one, that redheaded kid, the redheaded kid that brings, uh, what a fucking annoying ass character. I've never hated anyone in my life. You, he doesn't, he, he literally is a coward up until the point that they're trying to decide. And then all of a sudden you've got guts now and you're going to like speak up and think that your opinion matters. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Irvin is a good boy, but like we Mm -hmm. knew that and you didn't like what? Oh man. I was, I was so mad at that character. Yeah. But, um, back to the question. If, if I were Levi, I don't know. Because he has such a relationship with Urban. Like, you know, that's, you know, he is mm-hmm. his protector, you know, throughout this whole series, um, uh, being an Ackerman. And um, you can only want for that person to stay in your life. But at that moment, it's also not about you. It's about mm-hmm. humanity. And that's like one of their creeds is like not is you have to do things based on the betterment of humanity and not for personal reasons. Um, yeah. And, and there's, there's a lot of compelling, <coughs> compelling arguments for both of them. Right. It's true. And, and Hang, Hangi mm-hmm. makes the most straightforward point there that, yeah, Armin is quite talented as well, but you know, they're probably on parallel with each other in terms of intelligence and, and um, critical thinking abilities, but Armin doesn't have Irwin's experience or leadership. So Irwin is the better choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Irwin's. Well, I, I thought about that too, but when you get the Titan powers, you only have 15 mm-hmm. years left anyway, because I, I thought about it in terms of like, well, it's the new generation, you know, but or it's mm-hmm. not like we've bought a lifetime of Armin, you know, Armin's good work compared to, you know, another like 10 to 15, you know, 10 to 15 years of Irwin's good work. Both of mm-hmm. them, you know, either way, it's 15 years. Mm. Good look at it this way. Um, they both sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. Armin sacrifices himself, but not anyone else. Whereas Irwin leads everyone... <coughs> Like the last ditch effort is sacrificing himself, but along with basically every other military horseman out there. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? They get mm -hmm. hit by the boulder. Yeah, if if anything, I I think Um, that's an argument for Erwin because he's a better leader. He can talk everybody into doing it. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I think Levi's choice is understandable in the context of kind of what they were talking about thematically with Kenny, you know, that everybody, everybody's got to be drunk on something mm-hmm. to keep pushing forward. And that's what Levi realizes mm-hmm. as well, right? That Erwin is fixated. He's fixated on understanding and knowing he's fixated on the basement. And Levi asks him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do when you meet this goal? Because you're going to like, we're doing it. You know, this goal will be accomplished. Your life's goal will be accomplished. And Erwin doesn't know he's like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i'll figure it out you know his his goals are 
personal and they're just about to be met and yeah he he like he doesn't have the same kind of vision that Armin has. And that's what Levi realizes that Armin's mm-hmm. vision extends, you know, Erwin's vision is not a, uh, I guess not a practical thing. It's a knowledge thing. He just wants to know, but he doesn't necessarily have a vision mm-hmm. of what to do with this knowledge. But Armin's vision is beyond the walls. It's that I, I want to keep pushing forward. I want to keep going forward. You know, it's not something that I can accomplish just within the walls. And it's not something that I can accomplish just by knowing, you know, it's not, I don't want to just know, I want to experience, you know, and I, I think that mm-hmm. that difference, you know, that Irwin's goal is like, yeah, is about to be met. And, you know, is, is like a, a personal, uh, yeah, I guess an inward focused goal, whereas Armin's is an outward focused mm-hmm. goal that is still applicable and is still, you know, is he will still keep charging towards that. So yeah, I can I can see how Armin is the better choice in a metaphysical sense. Plus, he only has got yeah, one but arm. the arm draw the, won't the arm grow back. The arm would the It'll arm grow would back. grow back. Yeah. yeah, I also thought about uh, how much of the injection do you actually need to consume? Like, do you need all of it? Like, why couldn't they split oh. it into two? I didn't think about that. Good point too. Why don't they just give a little squirt squirt to everyone? Well, bring, bring them all back to life. Maybe, <laughs> um, maybe that's an but, oh, actually, maybe it was because, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably because uh, they get turned into a titan, uh, uh, what is it called, a pure titan, but they have to consume the powers of another titan to become cognizant, so to the, so that they can return to the body yeah. of the human that they are. So, either way, yeah, okay. Debunked. Well, if they had, so if they had both yeah. Bertholdt and Reiner, they could have given half to half, yes. but I, I mm-hmm. kind of, so my Im- impression was that the, it impacts the amount, uh, it, the amount of the, um, not spinal fluid, the amount of the spinal fluid that you get impacts the kind of Titan you become. And so far as if you just gave them a little bit of the fluid, they just become little Titans. And and that, I don't think I mean, that's speci- yeah. I don't think that's specified in the show, but I took it as being implied in the mm-hmm. second to last episode when the guy the the Marley police officer is like I'm going to turn this guy into a tiny titan, and that mm-hmm. you know you draw from that you can infer from that that they have the ability you know they have the ability to you know not exactly. Uh, choose but like they can influence the size of the titan they become and i Mm. the only way i can think to do that Mm -hmm. is to change the amount of spinal fluid that gets injected but the reason that wouldn't make sense is because um rod rice takes on a little little he licks he licks it and becomes the biggest titan of all uh so that yeah would go against my opinion there Yeah, I was kind of confused at that part because I thought it had to be. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe that's an issue of of royal royal bloodline coming into play. Because he does make the point, like, oh, I absolutely cannot become a titan. So I I took it to mean that he already knows that if he, you know, tries to become a titan, that he'll be some like giant wacky thing. But 
also, if that was true for him, wouldn't that be true for the rest of his family? And that is not the case with the rest of his family. The rest of his family gets the injection and becomes pure titans without any real difficulty, you know? And that's how the power keeps getting passed down. Mm-hmm. So Attack on Titan doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I have some theories with the the, the fatter ones, the ones that are just hmm. hunched over or like cannot move, either like mm-hmm. on their stomach or on their back. Do they Ooh. consume too many titans? I mean, too many humans? They got indigestion. Or is it something you know, indigestion? Yeah. <laughs> Give them some massive oh, tums. Bloated, yo. You ain't uh, bloated after all that shit in their stomach. That's how I feel. Like I eat donuts. Um, <laughs> And I also thought maybe it's a reflection of that of that person's like inner turmoil or like they're you know if they're you know if they have if they part of their sin is gluttony then maybe they mm. become the large. I, I guess that would explain why that could that could explain why there's that one titan that has like tiny legs and yeah. like in Connie's house and like cannot move and they don't know why or how this titan got there and Connie's like it, it inf- they infer yeah. that like it's Connie's mom or something like that um mm. that could explain why she got tiny legs because of her inner turmoil with like how she end up having there. tiny legs being yeah, like maybe, maybe you know, she didn't think she was strong enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say that I do not believe these things are true. Sorry, Jeff, but I do not buy into this theory of yours. <laughs> yeah, well, this wanna... was a theory I'd come up with, like after rewatching a second time, mm. like maybe within the first season. Well, well, because like when they're turning, when the when who are they again? The people that are turning the other people into Marley's? titans. The El. Marley's the Marley's are turning mm. people into Titans and um uh when they hit the ground they turn into Titans, but yeah. they're all different Titans. Yeah. It's not like they're I, I feel like it's like not like they can control based on the like person. The person's just gonna turn into whatever Titan the person and would it, it is kind of form. interesting how in those final scene in the last couple episodes of, of season three when the Marleys turn all the restorationists into Titans, those are the Titans that they fight in season one. Like the, the kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. chubbier bald guy with the big beard. That's the Titan that eats Aaron in season one. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting little Easter eggs. But I, I, that also like, there was a lot of in, in the later parts of season three where they reference back to stuff from season one. And these are all meant to be these like the Titan stuff is like an interesting Easter egg, but is, is kind of here nor there in terms of theme or emotion. But there's a lot of referencing characters and scenes from season one in season three in a manner that is clearly meant to evoke emotion and nostalgia. And you like feel some type of way, Mm. but I, I guess I I don't feel like that's a bad thing per se, but I question if Attack on Titan is the right show to do this with because it is not like can we think of any other 50 episode show where they go back to what was happening in episode four and are like, see, look what happened just a few short seasons ago. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't I don't think Attack on Titan has the level of, of 
you know, it's different than in, like in One Piece where they reference when they reference things that happened, you know, like years and hundreds of episodes ago. You're like, oh fuck, you know, like yeah. really mm-hmm. makes you feel some kind of way. Or like Legends. Maybe it's because of the timeline that it's supposed to be on. Yeah. You know, because years are passing throughout the series. Like there's there's big chunks of yeah, time. Yeah, and that I also missing. think that the stuff that they're highlighting didn't get that much. You know, like they they flash the face of the guy that tended the horses in season one that had like a grand total of five minutes of screen time before he got killed, and it was like, oh, no, the guy that tended yeah. the horses. <laughs> you know, like who who is really that emotionally <laughs> attached to these random characters that had very little characterization in screen time? I mean, I get it, I get it, but yeah, where's my Petra flashback? Where's my poor Fuck, Petra, I don't even man? Who Petra was? <laughs> She's a redheaded oh, girl. Yeah. Oh, from Levi Squad, but she's in there. She's in there. She, yeah. So she, the the whole first the whole original Levi Squad is in the flashback when Erwin is talking with Levi about um about his goals, mm. and he confesses like, "Oh, actually, I'm the only one that's fighting for me because you know I I I've managed to swindle all these people to laying their lives down for humanity, but I was never willing to do it. I always wanted to survive because I, you know, just want to know. I want, I, I want the knowledge. And he puts his head into his arms and they flash back. He, he's like surrounded by all the dead soldiers. And that is when they start. He's like, you know, makes the point like, do you think all of our, you know, dead comrades are judging me, or do you think they feel any kind of way? The fighting's still going on, you know, and uh, and they have, yeah, they have the original Levi squad, and that's where they have the guy with the horse that does the horses and a bunch of other, you know, random ass side characters from the the scout regiment. They're all surrounding, you know, looking mm. in, and I think that scene is really great. I just thought it was so weird, like, oh. The guy that tended the horses. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, the I, horse guy. I remember. Can yeah. we get some love for Rico? Rico? Who's Rico? Yeah, Rico with the girl with the glasses and the short hair. There's a lot of girls. That's Boy. girl. Wait, let me, hold on. Let me see her. I don't remember let Rico me see her. Either. Hold on. You're like, who's Rico? Yeah, who Rico? Rico did some damage. She did some Rico damage nasty? in the first season. And then oh, she disappeared okay. and she came back again in season three. She was part of the garrison. She's like a higher up. Oh. She had the glasses, like the the thin framed glasses. Is it CO? Yeah, RSCO. Brzezinska. Okay. Brzezinska. Yeah, I want to see more of her in season four. Just um, saying. I, before we move on to season four, because I, I think we should, um, can, uh, can we talk about that fucking nasty titan that crawls almost to the wall and takes off uh, half half of his uh his face by doing yeah. so the fuck was that <laughs> yeah we kind of talked a little bit about that but we didn't talk about his him getting there <laughs> like yeah maybe that guy should have just stood up i'm just confused <laughs> yeah I'm talking about reese right the, One of the races yeah, like, um, <laughs> it's not very realistic, just saying. <laughs> it's definitely impactful, but um, that's not what a skull looks like if you were to cut it in half. <laughs> so. mm. 
Yeah, this is true. It, it does. It it is <laughs> grotesque, though. So, it's a cool moment of gore. It is, but I'm like, but I was like, um, I like because like uh, in in school, um, for illustration, one of our projects was to um, draw perfect copies of um, skeleton, like a skeleton, uh, a skull. And uh, mm. the muscle mm-hmm. structure that happens. Um, you had to do like exact like master copies. Um, mm. That's not what it looks like on the inside. <laughs> like the anatomy is not always very accurate in the show. Yeah, but, but they're supposed like, the to be muscle. human, right? <laughs> yeah, like humanistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reveal. The reveal was shocking, but then it sunk in, and I was like, "What is this even? <laughs> like, what is this?" <laughs> Then they blew him up with the the barrels of was it that wasn't dynamite yeah. it was like gunpowder yeah I thought that was cool yeah. yeah that was actually really cool mm-hmm. hmm. kind of reminded me of Evangelion a little bit like some of the some of the Titan scenes with uh, Aaron and his yeah. like mission mm. <laughs> you know because <laughs> they kind of don't really have a they don't really have a timelet necessarily but he can only be in Titan form for so long. Yeah, before his energy runs out. Anyway, we can move on to season four now, guys. If you want, if you want to do some, uh, if you want to, you know, predict some stuff. Have any characters that you want? Yeah, to Yeah, I definitely spoiled um, big parts of the rest of the story for myself. You went on read read ahead, right? I, I didn't read the manga itself. I just read oh, the. Uh, I, but I, I I watched some YouTube videos that were like specific whatever random manga chapters you know brought to life you know what i mean mm-hmm. oh so you've already you already know yeah I, I have the general gist of what happens yeah i like to go into this stuff blind yeah so, you know, I, I, raw emotion the curiosity just just keep i, I can't Killed yeah you. i can't stop i always you know i'm 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 fucking erwin smith up in this shit man i just i want to <laughs> know i really want to know <laughs> Now I know why you're all about the spoilers. You're just you I, I want to know. Yourself. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm, in that moment, I'm like, well, I want to know. You know. <laughs> um. So I'm concerned that they're introducing a fuck ton of new characters, and it's only 24 episodes. Just saying, you know. Yeah, it does seem ambitious to try to finish this in 24 episodes. Also, the new the new OP. I want. Did you guys watch the new OP? Uh, I watched the trailer, but I didn't yeah. see an OP. Yeah, I did not watch the tr- the the video. I want I wanted to be surprised when I watched the first episode, mm. but um, yeah, the trailer gives a not doesn't give away a lot, but it kind of gives you an idea of where it's going to take place. Gives you some idea. Yeah, there might be this huge conflict, war, whatever mm-hmm. uh, between. It seems like on 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 the the world on Africa. Well, it, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh... it seems like we're going to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Where it, you know it, it goes into the. I mean, you can, I, in my opinion, you can tell from the trailer that this goes into the backstory of Reiner and Berthold, right? Mm-hmm. That that's what mm. all the fighting in the desert is about. Because you don't we see them as younger characters, and the young girls like they're going to choose a new armored titan, you know? And it's like, okay, like we know that Reiner is the armored titan. They're not necessarily choosing another one, so you know it's. Uh, it's got to be his origin story, how he gets to become the armored titan. Hmm. Yeah, and then they get warships, you know, battleships in the ocean. Yeah, this is a huge conflict there. 
I'm excited for that part. I don't know why. Um, I'm excited for Levi. <laughs> I hope he has a lot of screen time. <laughs> well, they got new uniforms on. They do. He looking everyone looking good this season. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean like uh, let's 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 just I watched a video um of uh characters from <coughs> season 1 through 3 mm-hmm. like they're they're like uh their wit character designs versus like the Mappa character designs and Mappa definitely like updated them uh specifically in the eyes the eyes are like completely different on every character except for except for except for Zeke Zeke looks exactly the same well <laughs> which is like really comical but to me but um uh everyone is like aged in this like they're they're much they're much sleeker we've got new hairstyles happening um i i've read some online discussion <coughs> that this is actually manga accurate that mappa changed all the character designs to be closer to what is happening in the manga right now where mm-hmm. studio wit kept okay. the character designs the same regardless of the fact that they were kind of changing and evolving in the manga itself. Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. It was um, hard to distinguish characters. My first watch through of the first season. And given the fact that it's what, seven years gap uh, between mm-hmm. the first and third season, um, keeping all the characters. Has it really been that long? Seven years. Yeah. 2013 yeah. is when it aired. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a huge drop off. Uh, with you know between first and second season, four years. Yeah, and then like it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, I don't care about Attack on Titan. Me personally, <laughs> that was like that was actually like what had happened for me personally. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I watched Attack on Titan. <laughs> I'll watch season two. Um, uh, and then um, I think season three happened a year later, so there wasn't that much time in between. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't. It it doesn't seem like in the grand scheme of things, Attack on Titan has suffered for these long pauses between seasons. No, it feels like it's pretty seamless. I, I think about that in the in comparison to One Punch Man, which came under a lot of fire oh. for having a big step down in season two because they yeah, let's not talk about that. You know, we're oh, we're focused on getting it out the door in a reasonable. Um, turn time and had a different studio do it than the studio that did season one. Yeah, well, could have just been left in limbo, right? I mean, yeah. we, we just had to read the manga. I feel like we should just read the manga. <laughs> I did not like the second season of One Punch Man. I still haven't seen it. It's the guys in the apartment across from me say that it's really good. Uh, people that love it, love it. I'm not as forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not as forgiving with One Punch Man. The first season was so iconic, and then like the character designs changed, mm. um, and like the style that the story was told in changed uh, as well. So, if you're into classic one, anyway, this isn't One Punch Man. We're talking about <laughs> <second time. laughs> um, we're talking about Mappa. So, I have high hopes for Mappa. I think it's going to be. I think that from Doro Hidoro. And um out of high school? Oh uh, yeah. God of high school. Um I'm trying to think. 
I'll just pull it up and we can don't, edit this part. Don't out. even get me started on God of High School. Um, they got Mr. Sawano still on music, right? So I think we'll be. I'll think we'll be okay. Um. Mama, mama, mama. Oh, oh, and uh, uh, why did I not know this? Jesus Christ. Uh, and Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like I feel like they they are gonna do us good. I feel like I have high hopes for them. Jujutsu Kaisen is is a pretty hype and trendy show right now, isn't it? It is. It is very good. The animation. I see is people good. on the internet talking about it. Mm-hmm. It is. What is this show about? Um, it's about a boy who um, uh, happens upon a circumstance where he has to eat a cursed finger um, to save the people that are around him, and uh, the cursed finger is the embodiment of um, this Sukuna, Sukuna um, who is a demon with like. 20 fingers um and he's like super powerful like nobody can contain him and they can't kill him um but they can mm. kill him if he's contained in another person's body so the main character eats the fingers and they're like oh well we're gonna kill you we can kill you now so that we kill sukuna now or you can eat all the all the 20 fingers and um gain his power and like like try and use his power to kill other demons um and mm. then we'll kill you then We'll kill you after, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that there's no more fingers out there. There's no more way that Sukuna can return um, if we kill you when you eat all of them. So they go on a mission to do that. Sounds kind of similar to Demon Slayer. Hmm. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. shonen, you know. Mm. Yeah. It's like Demon Slayer meets um, Mob Psycho or something. Yeah. Mm. Along mm-hmm, those lines, because mm-hmm. you use just psychic abilities and, or at least... They they call it what um sort uh, uh I'm on I think I'm on episode like five of the show. Oh, you're watching it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't mm. know that. Told you. <coughs> Did you? Yay! I always tell you what I'm watching. You're like, I didn't know you were watching that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I do. I do say that a lot. A <laughs> sorcerer. Jeffrey, a sorcery. They're shamans. There's shamans in the new sorcery. You know, there's a new shaman king coming out next year. Yeah, there's a new code Geass, too. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. shit. Uh, Anyway. It's a bit random, making new code Geass. But (coughs) I guess they're, like, trying to Gundam it up, where they just have all sorts of different, you know, different iterations and spinoffs and shit. But I, I don't think that works nearly as well. Or, well, maybe it would, but it's more like Code Geass has a, such a set and definitive central storyline. How much leeway? Like it, It's not like Gundam where it's like, you know, the original Gundam stuff is relatively open-ended and it just kind of keeps spiraling in whatever ways and has all these different facets that could be explored feel like code gas really like it starts and then it ends there's not really any leeway with that there's only so many different ways you can twist that around any any other related property by default is going to be like oh that's just some like weird spinoff that doesn't relate to the original story you know yeah mm-hmm. there's no I- way to escape that that frame 
have no desire to go back to watch to get into that again. Code Geass. I died. I died when I was when I when I turned sixteen or something like that. Oh, I've never <laughs> seen it. You wouldn't go back and rewatch Code Geass? Nah. Really? Just, nah. Why? No. Why not? Uh, Did you not like it at the time or something? No, I thought it was excellent. <laughs> yeah, I, I own it on DVD and I've rewatched it a bunch. Dan's fucking, like, I'm I, offended. I like it. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's, I have the DVD. I think it's is really, uh, yeah, I think it's really outstanding. It stood the test of time for me quite well. Okay. I've never I, seen it. I think with so with with all the things that are out now or things that I missed over the years, um, I don't I don't think it would be worth the time i'm saying that it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth going back and starting a whole other franchise like the next series i don't i just don't i don't think i'd be interested is what i'm trying to say right so we need matt to win another competition over here (laughs) yeah tell us to launch code geos apparently Uh, i think i think you would like it amelia I'm sure I would. <laughs> it's a it's, it's a r- truly bizarre mixture of like, you know, real robot political intrigue and and um, you know, world building suspense just completely randomly mismatched with like bizarre hi- slice of daily life high school comedy and romance hijinks. There's the way these two things interact with each other or it's like it's hard to replicate something like that. It's truly <laughs> special. Well, someone, yeah, you'll have to um, put it on my, my watch list of all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, I would go back and rewatch Full Metal Panic. I'll put that what? out. What? Really? <laughs> that one? <laughs> did you watch the new? Did you, did you watch the new one? No, I did not. Oh. Yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah, I, I watched the first one in college, and I, I, that OP is really good, but otherwise, yeah. Didn't do anything for you? Nope. Okay, uh, Attack on Titan... Is there anything else we want to talk about as far as recap stuff? Well, I was going to, I wanted to talk about the fourth season and, um, and like what we thought that was going to happen, but I don't want to talk about it because Dan knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And I want to go into it blind. I'll, I'll, I'll keep mum. You let, let out your predictions. I won't, I won't react. I won't comment. Um, well, it looked like from the trailer that they were going go mm. to go to, to Africa. Oh. Mm. <laughs> wherever, wherever they are, across the way. Okay, so, in- so, they, so, that, so everyone on, on the island is going to stage an attack. How do they get across the ocean now? They got boats, apparently. Yes. I see, I, I would have thought that. Horses. I thought the boats were going to be the Merleys or whatever the fuck they're called. Marleys. Mm. Marleys. The Merlins. The Merlins. <laughs> I will say that the way that season three ends is absolutely breathtaking, in my opinion. When Aaron is, you know, when, when Armin is like, oh, it's the sea, you know, we, you know, we finally freedom. Did it. And, and Aaron just kind of softly raises his hand and he's like, do you think if we 
you know, oh, it's the sea, and I thought that there was freedom here, but on the other side, actually, there are enemies, and if we go kill all our enemies on the other side, do you think then we can be free? And I was like, damn, dude. So bleak. I love it, man. It's yeah. like, so totally, like, the, uh, wrap the despair. Up, yeah. It wraps up really well. It almost could end there in a way. And you'd be yeah. like, what happens? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And do they repeat the history? Like, that's part of the big theme yeah, do for they me. Keep doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, this repetitive, um, uh, if if um, if Erwin dies, then is that it? You know, like is that the last hurrah? Well, I guess at, at this point, if he dies, uh, then the yeah, the founding titan and the attack titan are just randomly born into people, um, into you know babies on the island. Well, I guess they don't necessarily have to be on the island. Because we know that there are internment camps of um, Eldians on the mainland, so yeah, mm-hmm. it could be could be anywhere. I guess I'm like cool. It'd be cool to see like how they get Annie back, or if they even want Annie back. You know, that's I guess that's cool. Do you think Annie would be on the um, Aaron side? I don't know. It's been so long, you know. Yeah, it is interesting that. We now know that Reiner and Bertholdt are race traders. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. They're Eldians. They're all Eldians, but Reiner and, and Bertholdt think that all the Eldians on the island should die. Yeah. yeah Compared to true. what all the Eldians that are in internment camps on the mainland. Mm. They totally sold out to the Marleys for what? To like gain honorary marleyedness you know <laughs> fuck that race traders it is interesting that they have that whole race element and yet like my other point that they're all more or less look the same it's not like there's a definitive fact like you know distinction between these races that would mm. make them otherwise their ability to change into titans or their like you know their lineage um, they got those arm badges, the arm the, mm-hmm. um, to distinguish themselves. Um, I guess it's to blend in. That was brutal when when Jaeger's sister gets eaten by them dogs. And- yeah, it was oh, fucked up. Fuck, man, that episode. Yeah, I love I love that uh, build world building element that kind of just takes you out of the wall. You're like, all right. Let's go somewhere else and explore. Yeah. It's kind of shocking when it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could all have been driving Teslas. I don't know. Like, what we, <laughs> well, for all we knew. <laughs> yeah, then it's, then it's like that M. Night Shyamalan movie. About the, the people. Yeah, the village. Yeah. I love that movie. I liked it, too. I saw it in theaters. So it was good. much. Oh, man. Such a good movie. That's creepy, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, Aaron gets off the island and they, you know, walk into South Africa and they're like, hello, the year is 2020 and we're having difficulty getting water to Cape Town. Can you use your time? I hope you're not thirsty. Yeah, exactly. Hope you're not thirsty. Can you use your Also, you're a Titan, right? (laughs) You came from over there. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone watched the live action movie? I have not watched it yet. No. No. The uh the um what's it? The live action play. Oh yeah. Is riddled with controversy. Yeah, stage is riddled with yeah, because people keep dying. People keep dying? Yeah. Oh my god. What happens yeah. to them? Uh they like, you know, they're flying around uh with ODM gear. <laughs> and then their wow. strings break. Yeah. Jesus. What? Yeah. On like people have captured this on video? Uh I don't know about video. Hmm. I've I've just read about it on the internet, like yeah. Stage, really stage play. Uh oh. Accident. They had to stop it. No stage play this year. People, people, people Shit. getting hurt. They're dying. What if that? What if that happened to Peter Pan during a play? Uh, well, then he would go to Neverland, right? Well, yeah. I thought you were going to say people keep dying because of Titans getting eaten. <laughs> That's really disturbing that people yeah. died from the stage play. Of those. Yeah. Was that Poltergeist? The actors in Poltergeist, a lot of them were, you know, mysteriously dying. Um, yeah, well, that's the, how the Exorcist. They, that is how they have poltergeists in the movie, right? Um, they kill the which actors. One, <laughs> which one? Which one is the one where the lady gets uh, raped by the demon? What's that called? Anime or a live action movie? Live action movie. It's a horror movie. It's an older horror movie. She gets raped by the demon, and then she goes into this study room where they recreate her house, and they, like, recreate the demon. The demon comes into this, like, recreated house, and um, they, like, trap it in there. Hmm. I'm not sure, but it sounds cool. Not sure. What brought that up? (laughs) Boy, which part? (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why I thought about that movie. (laughs) Live action attack on Titan. Yeah, maybe we'll review that soon. Okay, guys. So uh, we are going to be doing a companion episode for every uh, every episode of the new season of Attack on Titan. So if you want to come along on this journey with us, we are going to be uploading those episodes weekly on Wednesday. And obviously, you can join the Discord. We'll have... Um, some chat rooms uh, set up for it, and uh, maybe if uh, people want to, we'll watch party with a couple people. Um, and yeah, come hang out with us. Join up to the Discord, y'all, and uh, let's let's knock out Attack on Titan, the final season, guys. Get hype! Yeah, I'm excited. I'm legitimately yeah. excited. I am so excited. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited that I want to just watch start watching the newest episode as we talk. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do kind of do too, honestly. It's it's there. It's it's teasing us. Yeah. yeah. Probably what I'm going to do as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it again tomorrow. <laughs> Sweet boys. Well, that, I feel like I feel like uh, it's good up there. Yeah, we're getting it to it. Yeah. Also, I'd let um, Levi and Irwin Eiffel Tower me. Just thought I put that out there. Well, hot. That's cool. <laughs> I had so I had a an interesting. Anyone moment. else? 
Um, I had an interesting moment of hotness that I thought related to this podcast as we continue, you know, beneath the surface as we continue my my journey of self-discovery as to the various things I like and why I act the way I do in relationships and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and, go ahead, yeah, this, Well, go, we, were, we were talking about Corona. I was talking with Morgan about the, uh, she was like, oh, how do you think you got it? And I, I said the same thing as I said on here. Like, well, you know, certainly it was, couldn't have been the girl that was that I who spit I caught in Golden Boy style dive or you know all the doorknobs I licked and she was like, uh, she was she was like oh it's was, it was probably definitely wasn't the, all the urinals you were licking you little piggy and I was I was like to quote Jeff I was like I feel a little tiny bit aroused <laughs> I was like damn i really like it like call me call me a little piggy again man yeah my juices are flowing you fucking piggy. degrade me what is that, a Christ- to me i'm thinking about a christmas story right is that what <laughs> and then isn't that happened in that movie the little piggy and he goes oink oink he goes oink 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 he's eating that he's eating the mashed potatoes how do the little piggies go that's right. Oink, oink. Now, show me how the piggies eat. This is your trough. Show me how the piggies eat. Be a good boy. Show mommy how the piggies eat. <laughs> That's what yeah. I think you're Dan doing. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone, does anyone who still watch that every year? Nah. No, I've okay. watched it way too many times. Yeah. I'm over that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and being here. We super appreciate every single one of you that listens to our podcast every week. Join our Discord to continue the conversation and get notified when we upload new episodes. Or if you just want to hang out and chat about anime. The invite link should be in the description of whatever platform you're listening to this on. As well as in our link tree of our Instagram at Otaku Host Club. Or on our website www.otakuhostclub.com. We also have a voicemail box set up in case you want to call in, leave us a message, ask a question, talk about anime, let us know how your day is going. And we'll play it on the next episode. The number for that is 240-324-8295. And if you like our content, it would be super awesome if you went over to Apple Podcasts and left us a review. It's super helpful for us to get the word out. And if you do, we'll read it on air. And with that, we'll see you in the next episode.